What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I'm James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at JayYarko underscore Bucks, and at DH82 underscore Bucks. David and I are going to continue our positional preview for the Buccaneers as we prepare to see the uh, the Bucks report to training camp here at the end of July and today we're going to be talking about the wide receiving core and it's it's a group of players that a lot of Buccaneers fans are really excited about there's a lot of talent there of course there's Mike Evans who's arguably one of the best receivers in the league uh, you know very easy to argue he's top 10 potentially even top five we've seen those flashes from him you have Deshaun Jackson coming into his second season with the Buccaneers. He was a little bit of a disappointment, but that's not really solely on him. Um, you know, there was obviously the the issues at quarterback with Winston's injury, the chemistry between the two of them. You know, he performed really well and was a favorite of Ryan Fitzpatrick when Fitzpatrick was in. But you figure another offseason, another training camp, more time with Winston to work on that chemistry, get their timing down. Um, you know, Deshaun is is expected to be a big player. You have Chris Godwin, you have Adam Humphreys. Uh, there's there's a lot to be excited about with this wide receiver group. So, David, let's go ahead and dive right in. And what's the first thing that you kind of think of when you start looking at this wide receiving core and and you know, kind of what are your expectations for them for the season? Well, I think just looking at it, it's it's the deepest wide receiver group I can remember uh, being oh, on this roster. Sure. And again, I mean, it, it's going to kind of go back to the same thing as last season, but there's just so much talent on this roster when you look at it on paper. And we all know games aren't played on paper, but, you know, if you, if you look at the wide receiver core the Buccaneers have compared to the wide receiving groups at the other teams in the NFC South and even in, in, on, on the rest of the schedule, um, there, there's no reason you can't expect this team to put up 20 points or more uh, per game. And if you're putting up at least 20 points per per game, then I think you have a pretty good shot of walking away with a winning record. So I'm just very excited to see what they can all call they can all do together and to see if there's some some growth from last year. Cause obviously coming from a from a letdown season like we had in 2017, we all want to see the group get better and we all know that they have the ability to. And I'm really excited to see obviously what Chris Godwin is going to put together. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to see Mike Evans and and his continued efforts to become a better uh, player after after making the catch. And you know, being able to to move the ball uh, upfield once he once he brings in the reception, I'm looking forward to seeing if there's any new wrinkles and and if uh, the quarterbacks are able to get the ball to Deshaun Jackson uh, a little bit better this year. Adam Humphreys has always been a fan favorite since he joined the team, so obviously excited to see what he can do. Um, I mean, th- there's just a lot of a lot of things to 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 look forward to, and then you got Bobo Wilson making some noise. Freddie Martino, of course, is a guy who's who's uh I wouldn't say he's always been a, a big impact player but he's a guy that has shown at times he can get on the field and, and make some catches when when uh, he's called upon for the team. Justin Watson is a rookie that everybody's looking forward to seeing now that hopefully he's healthy for training camp. So just just a lot to look forward to and a lot to see and you know hopefully we'll get to see a lot more in the regular season but of course it starts with training camp. So I want to see what kind of new wrinkles are coming out there. A lot of people have been talking about the potential of finding a way to get Evans, Godwin, and Jackson on the field at the same time. That's something that you and I asked for, begged for, pleaded for, and didn't really get in 2017. So hopefully 
this year we get that a little bit more but uh I don't want to I don't want to expect anything but I'm hopeful to see a lot of things. Yeah, something that that you and I and and all the guys over at Bucks Nation have been talking about in our our little group chat is how how much the Bucks can improve their offense and how effective their passing game can be when when or if the Bucks do it, you know, as you just said, what you and I were pounding the table for last year by putting Deshaun Jackson in the slot, lining up Chris Godwin on the outside along with Mike Evans uh, across from him. And we we saw last year in in spurts when Deshaun Jackson would get the ball in his hands, he that's when he was the most dangerous. There were a lot of a lot of sideline routes, a lot of, you know, just a lot of passes where Deshaun didn't have the ability to make plays with his legs. And that's what he's getting paid to do. He's getting paid to make plays with his legs. And I want to say it was, it was Trevor Sikama of Peter report that had pointed out <clears throat> that Deshaun Jackson's uh, two longest receptions of the year were not on these, you know, these deep passes. They were quick, short passes where Deshaun made the plays with his legs. So that's something that hopefully Dirk Cutter can can do a, a much better job of implementing into the offense and not relying on on Winston and Deshaun connecting on on those go routes like they they relied so heavily on last year. You saw his almost his ineffectiveness. <clears throat> it was almost as if it was handicapping the offense that they were relying so much on on the deep ball and that's never been a strength of Winston I mean he's not terrible but he's not great either he's average at best at those at those deep passes I apologize I have I'm kind of a frog in my throat so I have to keep clearing it out um but you know you you have a reliable guy in Adam Humphreys somebody that Jameis obviously trusts. He's been a big part of the offense. He's not going to make those wow plays. He's not going to make those splash plays. But a lot like Cam Braid is for the tight ends, Adam Humphreys is that reliable safety valve that Jameis knows in a pinch. If he needs seven yards, Humphreys is going to get him eight. You know, and he's gonna he's gonna secure the ball. He's gonna bring it in. He has a high catch percentage. Yeah, it's it's someone else that they're going to have to look to try to get the ball in his hands. And you almost wonder, and David, I want your opinion on this. Is it almost, you know, concerning heading into this season, seeing how all these weapons that Winston had last season almost became a problem because he was trying to spread the ball out so much and and trying to give everybody their fair share. Would you say that the Bucks may even have too many weapons and, you know, it could cause some some problems with the offense again in 2018. Well, I don't think I'll ever say that any offense has too many weapons, but getting to, to what you're talking about, I think what we had last year was a quarterback who was trying to feed everybody. And I think at the end of the day, like everybody just needs to have kind of the Julio Jones mentality where if if you go out and you bring in 10 balls for 200 yards and four touchdowns, and you walk away with a win, you're excited. If you walk away with zero catches, zero yards, zero touchdowns, 
and you walk away with a win, you're just as excited. That's really kind of the 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 group think that that you're going to need on the field because of how many options there are. Because I know we're just talking about wide receivers, but you mentioned it already. You look at Cameron Bray, you look at OJ Howard. I mean, Ronald Jones has the potential to get involved in the passing game. Uh, Charles Sims, if he's still around, we know is is a part of the passing uh, uh, system for the for the Buccaneers. Jaquiz Rogers isn't exactly a receiver, but he's he's had his moments where he's been able to catch the ball and do some things with it. Sean Wilson is an exciting young uh, undrafted guy who can make some noise in training camp and potentially take some catches. So, I mean, the, the key, I think, the, the mantra has got to be, it's got to be a group think process, right? Every, every player, every receiver needs to go out and, and kind of have this mentality of, I want the team to be successful, not myself to be successful. And if we can, if they can do that and that facilitates Jameis Winston getting away from well, I need to get a deep ball to Deshaun Jackson. No, you don't. You don't need to get anything to Deshaun Jackson, to be completely honest with you. What you need is for the defense to believe that Deshaun Jackson is a weapon and that he's something that somebody that they have to to look out for and, and someone that they have to game plan against. And as long as you have that, then his presence on the field is effective. Um, and after that, it's, it's the old football cliche. You take what the defense is going to give you if – if you run Deshaun Jackson on a nine route and they've got it covered or, or he's not able to get separation, you run Mike Evans on a, I don't know, a 10 yard out and, and the cornerback sees it and he's got that underneath underneath position on him and you've got a safety creeping over him. Well, then you probably got a seam route open to Cam Brate. So there's no problem with hitting that seam route to Cam Brate and Cam Brate getting 20, 30 yards, you know, with the run after catch and all that. And if I'm Deshaun Jackson running 40, 50 yards downfield and I see my teammate get a 30 yard reception because I was able to draw coverage away from his area. That should make me excited and I should be happy. And I'm not saying that any of these receivers aren't like that, but if they're truly like that and Jameis Winston understands that his receivers aren't out here looking for their own personal stats, they're not out here looking for, hey, Jameis, I want seven balls uh, per game type of thing, then Jameis Winston can hopefully play within his own game a little bit, read the field for what it is and get the ball uh, to to the open guy instead of trying to feed certain players. And, and I think that some of that is on the receiving group, of course, but some of that's on Jameis, and that's part of the maturation of a quarterback. And I think that's why, you know, by and large, when Ryan Fitzpatrick came in and played, uh, a lot of people commented about how the offense looked smoother, they looked calmer, they looked more kind of put together. And And I do think part of that is the defenses they faced. You know, I mean, they weren't exactly playing world beaters. There were no critical uh, inner division uh, within the division matchups that were just kind of you know in your face type of situations for Ryan Fitzpatrick, but at the same time, I think Fitzpatrick has the veteran knowledge of as long as we're winning, you can't really come at me and say anything because if we win the game and you come at me in the locker room and say, "Hey, bro, you only threw the ball to me twice," then as a veteran quarterback, I'm probably going to look at you and say, "You're welcome. Enjoy the win," and walk away from you because that's ultimately that's what we're all getting paid to do is win football games. But I think Jameis Winston is so young enough right now that he's trying to show people that he can be their hero. Like I'm going to show Mike Evans. I'm the quarterback that's going to get him to the hall of fame. I'm going to show Deshaun Jackson. I'm the quarterback that's going to get him a super bowl ring. I'm going to show, you know, Chris Godwin. I'm the quarterback that's going to make you a star as a young player. And as, as long as Jameis Winston goes out there with the only mentality being, I'm going to show the Buccaneers. I'm the quarterback that can get them wins then with an unselfish receiving core, then you can have a lot more success than we had last year. 
You know what's almost as excited as a win on the field, David? What's that? A win in the bedroom. And now guys can increase their performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com, that's blue like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code Locked On. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code Locked On to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Somebody that that you had mentioned earlier that I kind of want to discuss, and I I don't know what your thoughts are on them, and I'll kind of throw mine out there, is Justin Watson. Of course, they drafted him um, just a few months ago, and a lot of people just kind of, you know, they did that that tilt your head like a dog does when he hears a high-pitched noise, like, huh? Because you're talking about a a position group that has Mike Evans, has Deshaun Jackson, has Adam Humphreys, has Chris Godwin, uh, has Bobo Wilson. You know, there's a lot of talent already there. So why are they using a draft pick on bringing another guy in? So my question to you is, what can we expect, if anything, out of Watson this season? I mean, is let's face it, Jason Light, as great as he's been at drafts, a lot of his day three picks don't make the final roster. And if I was going to guess right now today on July 13th as to which of which of the 2018 draft class is not going to make the initial 53-man roster, my money would be on Watson strictly because of the position that he plays that is such a crowded and talented group that it's going to be hard for him to break in so how do you see things playing out with Watson you know for for the 2018 season if at all well I think Watson's a a developmental guy and and that's you know I know that's a pretty easy thing to say about a late round draft pick but I think that the Buccaneers probably brought him in with the expectation that he's going to be someone they lean on in the future, not someone they lean on in 2018 necessarily, which is why, uh, I mean, teams are, most teams are, you know, they, they err on the side of caution with, uh, with young players anyway. But I think that's one reason the Buccaneers weren't really looking to force him into the mini camps and everything, letting him heal up uh, with, with his, some of the injury concerns that he's had since he's joined the team. I feel like, this is kind of one early step, kind of an early attack on the wide receiver situation moving forward because general managers, you know, we've had this discussion before a general manager's job is not just to worry about this year. It's also to worry about the future and set up the future, which is what some of these draft picks uh, will, will do. Deshaun Jackson is not getting younger. Um, He's not getting cheaper. 
and the Buccaneers have an out after the season if they want to take it. And with the some of the young players that they need to resign, it might be smarter for the long-term benefit of the team to do that. Uh, Adam Humphreys is a guy who, you know, he's not a national, you know, no, nationally known name. He's not a household name by any means in the NFL community, but guys who are out there, they, they see how dependable he is. They see how reliable he is. And there are going to be teams when he hits the free agent market, if he hits the free agent market, they're going to look at him and they're, they're going to offer him money that the Buccaneers may not want to pay simply because they do have Mike Evans. And if Chris Godwin turns out to be what we hope he is this year, but then, then they have him to lean on as well. If Bobo Wilson takes a step forward, there's a possibility there. Um, so the potential to lose Adam Humphreys is is there in the very near future. Um, but even if they keep him, you still want a fourth guy. You don't want to walk into an NFL season with just three players that you rely on because injuries are just too common in, in the NFL. And like you kind of mentioned yesterday uh, when we were guests on a podcast, you know, that, that slot cornerback a lot of times is almost considered kind of like a starter. Well, that also means that a slot receiver is also looked at as sort of like a starter. So if you've only got three good receivers that you have faith in on your roster, you've only got three players that you want to run with because all three of those guys are essentially starters, which means your your depth chart is is very shallow. So if you lose Deshaun Jackson, even if you keep Adam Humphreys, your fourth guy at best right now is Bobo Wilson. And as much as I'm excited to see what he might be able to bring to the table in the future, you don't want to run into 2019 with Bobo Wilson and me, the only guy in your depth chart that you have any faith in. So if Justin Watson, even if it's not this year, but if he can come in, show some preseason flashes the way that Adam Humphreys did his first year, and then sit on the practice squad, develop a little bit, learn a little bit, become an NFL player, and then 2019 perhaps come in and challenge for that fourth or even fifth spot with his height, uh, the speed that he's reportedly got, some of the production value that he's got. I mean, if, if he's able to turn his work ethic from his college days into uh, NFL production, then you've got a really good player there because making the NFL from the Ivy League is not an easy thing to do. Uh, just because the level of competition you're playing isn't isn't all that great. There's a saying that one of my old bosses used to have where it's easy to look like an eagle when you're surrounded by chickens. And no offense to Ivy League guys at all. Like you're probably you're you know, all of them are definitely probably better athletes than I am. But the NFL, like the Ivy League is not an NFL growing field. You know what I mean? So Justin Watson's production and abilities in, in, in the Ivy League may not necessarily translate to the NFL, but his work ethic, his effort, his leadership, and and some of those intangibles like his speed, like we talked about, and his length are definitely going to transfer. So giving him that year to put it all together gives him a shot to be an effective part of the roster moving forward. So for 18, I wouldn't really expect much. Uh, 2019, 2020, moving forward, I think you'll see him turn into an effective role player. Uh, I mean, if he can turn into a, to even an effective uh, uh, red zone target. Can you imagine Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, uh, OJ Howard, and Justin Watson if he turns into an effective red zone guy for the years to come? I mean, you want to talk about solving your scoring issues in the red zone? That alone will will probably help do it right there. All right, well, David, before we wrap up, let's let's go back and and play our fun little game that we did with the tight ends. We're going to do it a little more rapid fire. We won't dive in as much as to why we why we believe what we believe but for the sake of this game <clears throat> mike evans is not an option we are talking deshaun jackson adam humphreys chris godwin 
Bobo Wilson, Watson, whoever. Mike Evans is you're not allowed to pick him for any of these. So we'll start off which which wide receiver finishes with the most receptions. Outside of Mike Evans? Yeah, no Mike Evans. He for the sake of this game does not exist because we uh, you know, you can easily easily make the argument that Mike Evans is going to finish the 2018 season out of the wide receivers on the Buccaneers with the most receptions, the most yards, and the most touchdowns. Like he's yeah. too obvious of a choice. No, yeah, I can get down with that. Um, so most receptions, I, I think it's got to be uh, Deshaun Jackson. I just think that even with Chris Godwin's ability to to hopefully rise up a, a little bit, especially in snaps and and targets and all that, I still think Deshaun Jackson's going to be the main constant. And I do feel like as much as I just talked about Jameis Winston not really having the the mentality of I need to get this guy the ball, I do think the Buccaneers' offense is going to have a little bit of a of a goal in mind uh, week in, week out of getting the ball to Deshaun Jackson early and often. Hopefully it's in the more effective range like you were talking about earlier than just trying to hit you know home runs every time. But I do believe that the one of the objectives this year will be to get Jackson the ball uh, more often. I'm actually going to take Chris Godwin here. <clears throat> um, if you look at last season – Adam Humphreys finished with the second most receptions on the team, um, only 10 behind Mike Evans, and he had 11 more than Deshaun Jackson. Uh, Chris Godwin had, you know, about half of what Deshaun did. But we've been talking about it for a little while. I believe that that Chris Godwin is going to have an increased role. Adam Humphreys is going to slide back a little bit. You're going to kind of see that, that changeover. And if they're using Godwin on the outside, like we think and hope that they will, it's going to provide more opportunity for Godwin. And I think he's going to become the, he's going to assert himself as the number two receiver on this team, even with Deshaun Jackson still here. And as you said, the Buccaneers can get out of that contract at the end of this season with no dead money. Um, that's not saying that, that Deshaun won't be effective or won't be used or anything like that. But I think when it comes down to it, you know, Chris Godwin by the end of the season is going to have more more opportunities to catch the football rather than uh, you know, Deshaun Jackson and you go back to something that Matt Harmon, and if you don't follow him on Twitter, I highly recommend that you do. You know, when he does his reception perception, Chris Godwin was his favorite receiver in the draft last year because of how good he is at running so many different routes and how effective he is at getting himself open. Um, I think we're going to continue to see that evolve this season. So next up, how about yards? Mm. Man, I don't want to do this two episodes in a row. Uh, <laughs> are we going um, to clean sweep for Deshaun? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go Jackson again. I don't know, man. I mean, I just, I feel like, so I feel like some of the issues with getting – I actually – you know this. I plan on getting a little into a little bit more uh, all 22 pertaining James Winston and Deshaun Jackson from last year. Uh, so hopefully I can get that done fairly soon. But I feel like a lot of the issues that came with with Deshaun Jackson having success with James Winston last year were uh, offensive line related. Like I feel like James – so, so to hit – 
to hit a fly route, especially when you've got a shorter receiver, because a shorter receiver has got to rely on getting some separation. So you've got to get him time, uh, especially a guy like Jackson. These cornerbacks are not, you know, when they play press, they're playing press with it with a safety over the top of them because they know they might get burned. So if they're not playing press, they're playing with a 10-yard head start. So getting Deshaun Jackson upfield for a home run hit is going to take time. And you're gonna t- you're talking at least, uh, you know, you're talking a seven-step seven step drop and the ability for the quarterback to step into the throw. And I think a lot of times last year, Jameis Winston just wasn't comfortable taking that drop and he wasn't comfortable stepping up into the pocket the way he needed to to throw an accurate ball to Deshaun Jackson. And I think this year, with the addition of Ryan Jensen, with Malia Marpet moving back to guard, hopefully with the improvement that Donovan Smith is going to have, uh, DeMar Dotson coming back in. And I, th- I really have a lot of excitement. I really feel like Caleb Beninock is going to be a good addition to the offensive line, um, to the starting rotation anyway. I think that Jameis Winston is going to have more time this year, be more comfortable, and that should translate to a few more home run hits with him and Jackson. Uh, and then, like I said, if they if they actually make it a priority to get Deshaun the ball quicker, earlier, more often in the game, then his explosiveness is going to take over from there. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on this one, I think. And it goes back to what I said about Cameron Brayton and O.J. Howard. Just because I think Godwin has more receptions doesn't mean I think it's going to be 20. You know, it could be a difference of five. And I think at the end of the day, Deshaun Jackson's average yards per catch is going to be so much higher than Godwin's that, you know, he's going to end up with with more yards than Godwin or Humphreys or, or any of the other receivers. You know, for all the reasons that you just pointed out, you know, in – as I said earlier, his legs are his biggest weapon. He's always a home run threat, no matter if it's on a go route or a quick slant. You know, he can always take it to the house. So I do think Deshaun ends up with the most yards out of this group. And finally, how about touchdowns? Are you gonna are you gonna give that one to Deshaun Jackson or are we looking at Godwin, Humphreys? Uh yeah, we haven't picked Bobo Wilson yet. You wanna go Bobo Wilson? No, uh, I'm going Godwin. I think that, um, I think Godwin is going to be a, a red zone uh, guy. I think that he's he's not going to be you know an elite red zone target like some of the some of the guys we've seen in history. But I think that he's going to be a guy that really can help this year in getting the Buccaneers into the end zone more often than they have in the past. I think that he's got some underrated quickness as a route runner. Um, he's got some good some good physicality uh, at, at the point of release, and I, I just think that. As a receiver, he's going to have the opportunity to get open in the red zone. And I think Jameis Winston, uh, his, his confidence in him is growing. And I, I just I believe that with with the offense being what it is, like I said, I think we'll see more home run hits between Winston and Jackson this year. But, I mean, that's not really a hard thing to do. But I don't think we're going to see just like nothing but home runs. Don't get me wrong. Um, so I still think we're going to see a lot of prolonged drives. We're going to see the Buccaneers offense have to be able to learn how to punch the ball in from 19 yards or closer. And I think Chris Godwin this year is going to get a lot of opportunities to become part of that solution, and I think he'll capitalize on it. I'm going to stick with Deshaun Jackson on this one. I think when you have a player that can score literally any time his hands touch the ball, um, the odds favor him finishing with more touchdowns, and it, it comes back to his speed and and those home run balls. and and all of that. And I do think Chris Godwin is going to get that increased role in the red zone. He's going to see his targets increase in the red zone. Um, But at the same time, he's got plenty of competition within his own team 
for those red zone targets. You have Mike Evans, you have Cameron Brayton, OJ Howard, who both had, you know, a team high six touchdowns last season. You know, all of those guys are competing for those red zone targets. And Chris Godwin may be low man on the totem pole when it comes to to drawing up plays to try to come away with six and not three. So I think when all is said and done, Deshaun's speed and and playmaking ability is going to help him find the end zone more often than Chris Godwin. So, David, we are going to wrap things up. Almost almost got the timing right. Just a few minutes past what, what I predicted. Um, coming up on yet another weekend edition uh, of the Locked on Bucks podcast, we're going to continue our positional previews. David, I'll give you the choice again. We got two more position groups to uh, wrap up for the offense. You want to go quarterback or do you want to go offensive line? Uh, let's go offensive line. Offensive line. So we're going to save the best for last. We're going to do quarterbacks last for the uh, for the offense then next week. All right. Well, then our weekend edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast will bring you the positional preview of the offensive line as a group. We're not going to break down centers one episode and then guards and then tackles. We're going to do it all at once. It's just easier that way. But until then, make sure you're checking out everything that David and I are doing over at BucksNation.com. Great group of guys doing great work over there. Uh, Evan, Gil, Steven, Alex, you know, the, all the guys. Um, really putting in work and, and doing a great job over at BucksNation.com. So make sure you check them out and make sure that you're following along on Twitter. Interact with us all weekend long. I enjoy also talking about the Tampa Bay Lightning and Star Wars and how Michael Jordan is better than LeBron James. And you can do all of that with me over at JayYarko underscore Bucks. Whereas David likes to talk about Hawkeye, the Michigan Wolverines, how wonderful Jim Harbaugh and his fashion sense are. And you can do all of that at DH82 underscore Bucks. Hope you all have a wonderful and enjoyable end of your work week. And thank you all so much for joining us right here at Locked on Bucks. Put your lights out, get this shit to crack and got you feeling with your pipes out. Time for some action. Surfing the avenue, mad at you. Where I used to battle crews, back when that's when that had that attitude. Cover me, I'm going in. Walls closing in. Got us busting off these but got issues again. Same song, on with the mega bomb. Blow you out the frame, then I'm gone.